rolling. Talk to me. Check one. Check, check, check. Uh-huh. Check one. Fabulous. And away we go. Well, fuck you. You are listening to Aftershock with Steve Grillo. Shouldn't you be doing something else? That's uh, my world, Chris Munger. Yeah. Uh, nice. John Montabano. One of my good friends. Yeah. One, of, one of your your clients. Hello, everybody. We'll get to that in a second. My name is Steve Grillo, and you are listening to another Aftershock right here at Pro Media in the middle of Times Square in the heart of New York City. And we have a very fun, interesting show for you today. Got a couple of guests in the studio, and I'm very excited. So uh, today we're going to be doing a, a, a joint venture. With uh, another podcast that um, is very popular, but not that popular. <laughs> right, it's not popular. Well, well, well we're going to go Monique. Uh, Monique is here. We're just going to leave that alone. Monique does a podcast called Radio Gunk. And we are going to be po- podcasting here, and it's going to be put up on Radio Gunk's website as well. Yep. You want to you put your phone down and talk into the microphone like it, a professional? Excuse me, I can barely I, hear you because your phone what, is no, directional. No, there you go. No, no. Don't you? It's not no. like your first day. You're sitting there on the phone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the air. Excuse me. The whole point of me being here is because so many people have so many questions for you that have never been answered. Okay. And they need answers. So this is, this is why I have my phone here. I don't really hear myself. I don't. I, yeah, I did. Uh, could we get a microphone check back there? Because uh, Monique's a little uh, light on the, the volume. So anyway, and I also have Richard Prinzi here. From uh, he's my accountant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, he, that's the best you can come up with on an opening. Yeah, he's my accountant. Yeah, he's my accountant, and he's uh, he's an amazing accountant. Like I, my my life, I'm sure you're probably not too surprised again. My life sucks, and it's upside down, and I'm really bad at taking care of my finances and doing everything. And I found, I think we found, uh, I found you, you. You reached out to me on LinkedIn, I believe. Very possible. And. Uh, Richard, uh, he's he's basically taken the fucking mess that I have financially with the with the government and everything, and he's actually got it straightened out. Wow! So I don't have to worry about being seized or being jumped by some federal agent because my fucking taxes aren't paid. <laughs> so how did you yeah, hook yeah. up? How did yeah. you guys? How did you guys hook up? How did you I, guys- I, he he reached out to me on LinkedIn, and I would just happen to be, you know, I was getting paid a straight salary at my last job, so I basically owed a lot in taxes and. It was uh the, the 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 accountant that I used. All right, hold on. We're gonna pause. We, we gotta start this over, or is everything good? All of us, all of us just went off. Yeah, I, I uh, well, we started over. We'll, we can start it over again. Everybody, Bobby Zoo. Hi, Bobby. My executive producer, officially. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pistol dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you make use of that pole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. Yeah, okay. Uh Monique talking there? Hi, check check. That's much better. Richard talking there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. that's a little bit that's much better. Yeah, we just went off for some reason. Yeah. Are right we starting right are we starting over? Yeah, we'll start over again. Okay, cool. Are we ready? 
Hey guys, uh, could we just have everyone talk into their mics for a second while we check levels? Check, check, one, two, check, one, two. Check, 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 testing. Check, check one, two, check, check. Could we have that last person uh, go some more? That's me, Rich. Check, one, two, can you hear me? Could you uh, talk about your commute for like 30 seconds? Talk about your, just talk about yeah, your, just, your, your new thing. I just came in from Manhattan, uh, from Staten Island actually, the lovely Staten well, Island. Talk about your new uh, tax thing. Talk about the F-Sharp Tax Management Group. F-Sharp Tax Management Group, yeah, that's right. That's, that's what we're here to promote. So, you can... Oh, there, whoa, you just went oh, up. Oh, yeah, I just got loud. Yeah, everything just got loud. I thought it was it just me so that deep. has fuck-ups with the My podcast. Yeah. Really <laughs> Problem photos? Uh, yeah, so I'm taking in photos. Okay. Sam, can we hear you again? So I'm shooting, but I'm not going to shoot into Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm here. He's I'm good. Sorry. That's much better. Yeah. Sounds. I sound pretty loud right now. Yeah, no. you, sound, you sound much well, I can, better. We can always load with the headphones. It's just better to have the higher yeah. volume. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Check, check, testing. Are we good? Okay. <clears throat> yep, you're all set. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's try this again. I'm digging that music, by the way. That's uh, my world. You guys there with me? Waiting. We're here. All right. Sorry about that, but I'm glad that we got that fixed. Bobby, could you, uh, I'm going to, um, I want to go live on Facebook. Could you, uh, just do it for like maybe 10 minutes? All right. Yeah. Just, just video it. Why don't you set it up? I did. Here. Just. No, here, just here. Steve. We're going live. <laughs> we're, we're going live on Facebook. Just don't get Monique. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. Well, fuck you. You are listening to Aftershock with Steve Grillo. Shouldn't you be doing something else? All right, Aftershock, take two. <laughs> we had a little bit of technical issues uh, in the beginning of the show, so we're going to restart. You're listening to Aftershock with Steve Grillo. I got some amazing guests in the studio today. Very, very excited. We're going to do something we've never done before. We're doing a crossover podcast. We're going to be broadcasting here, and we're also you're going to be able to listen to this on uh, my very good friend who is sitting here with me, Monique. At RadioGunk.com. So yes. So check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you guys want to do it. And so, Bill will be there with me. Uh, Monique does a very interesting podcast that analyzes the shit that everything that Howard Stern does. Uh, Monique is all over it like a bum on a sandwich. Thank you, baby. Yeah. Um, she has basically used her extreme knowledge to listen to the show and pick apart everything that that phony guy does, I guess? Is that what you want to call it? <laughs> Whatever. You know, he just blocked me. Him and Ralph blocked me on Twitter on the same day. How is that? Well, <laughs> uh, understandable because you're, you're like a tick. You burrow like, right underneath people's skin. That's why you love me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I Well, I, 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 I appreciate what you do because you have an opinion, but these people, they don't leave you alone. No, I have trolls. I have horrible human beings who come after me on a constant basis. But you know what? I'm used to it now because these are the Howard Stern fans. So you get yeah. what you... Well, for it, he has minions, that's for sure. Like I remember when Snapple kind of fucked him over, and he, like they, once they went public and they went like to this big corporation. Not you know, Snapple started out as a little little rinky dink iced tea place in Long Island, and Howard took them from zero 
to like 100 real fast. And then they got bought out. And once they got bought out, they dropped Howard as an advertiser like that. And I remember Howard going crazy on the air. And I never forget, you know, because I used to have to answer the phones. I'd get the phone and one guy goes, if Howard Stern told me not to drink water, I would stop. <laughs> like, you know, Jeez. so th- that's how, like, devoted these Sick fans, fans are. They're crazy. So that was back in the day. Now, the, you know, the show's evolved into something completely different. And it's not the same. And Monique is there to make sure that everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> everybody yeah. is aware. So, uh, well, yeah, we're, we're live on Facebook right now. I got my uh, very good friend and accountant. Don't ask. Uh, my accountant is here, everybody. Mr. <laughs> Richard Prinzi with doing the show. Hey guys! Hey, uh, Richard's here to promote his new uh, F Sharp Tax Management. Tax Management. Yeah. This guy, my life is a mess, as most people know. My my finances are shot, and um, I have you know I, I had an accountant that basically uh, my favorite was you work in the entertainment business. Who does your uh, who's your, who does your taxes? The IRS. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a, I had an accountant that basically was just basically you know just doing my taxes and you know there's different things you can do when you're in the entertainment business that you can write off and stuff like that. Absolutely. So Richard uh, took full advantage of everything that I wasn't getting and turned my taxes around. And if you are, it's tax season right now. You really need to look into getting this guy to do your taxes because he is absolutely fucking amazing. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. I'd like you really did. You really did help me out. And, Somehow you know, I managed to get you out of. Uh, yeah, if, they, if he, this guy <laughs> can work magic with my problems, imagine if you don't have my problems, what he can do for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, the goal. Yeah, um, and uh, well, yeah, I just I've never been live on Facebook on the show. Um, you know, we got to get you, Monique, a, a blue dot, <laughs> <laughs> like they used to do in the like the, the court cases, just a blue dot. So like, so so uh, my my executive producer Bobby can actually get the whole room. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. So all right, um, and uh, we got his friend over here, but he's, he's not on microphone. He's just here to uh, hang out, say hello. That's my oldest friend from high school and nice. uh, and business partner. Nice. Oh, okay. Where'd you go to high school? St. Peter's. Oh, okay. Staten Island. Yeah. I went to Nazareth. Yeah, I grew up here. Yeah, okay. I escaped, but I grew up here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're out now. You have offices in Vegas and, and, and L.A., right? Yeah, and New York, in the okay. city. So you see, he's, he's all over the place. This guy is no joke. If you got tax problems, you want to go to him. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> I try to spend the least amount of time in New York as possible right now. Why is that? Oh, because I grew up here. I did my time. Really? It's cold. It's loud. It's crazy. But you're, you're based out of Vegas. You specifically I, I are based out of Vegas. I was out of L.A. a lot, but I just fell in love with Vegas. And well, how could you not fall in love with just, Vegas? You know, the music scene in Vegas is outrageous, and that's what F Sharp's here to do, I, uh, to, to, I, to service. I, I can't be more than five days in Vegas because I'd wind up dead or in jail. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Or probably both. <laughs> yeah. Dead in jail. I didn't move to Vegas until I quit drinking and gambling. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry Before about that. I couldn't go anywhere near that. I'm town. sorry to hear about the drinking thing. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why are you called uh, F Sharp? What do you specialize or focus in specifically? Yeah, F Sharp is, is a brand that we brought out last year to kind of focus on the music industry in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They, they, have, they have a lot of problems coming. That industry is going to get hurt. Why? Why is that? Well, the new tax code had you know pretty much eliminated three quarters oh my God, of the audit. Look at us! Audit, look at right? look at New York. We just lost our state tax, our city tax, right? Yeah, that that's a bit of a myth, though. Uh, tell I've, me. I, I've done about two thousand projections so far, and um, out of the two thousand, I can't I can't tell you there's more than one person that was hurt by those tax changes. So if you if you focus in on the couple of things they took away, it's obviously going to look bad. But if you look at what they took away versus what they gave you. What they gave you was much more valuable. Like they really? lowered the rates up to standard deduction, took away a lot of the BS deductions that nobody really t- took advantage of anyway. Right. 
because of the alternative minimum tax and things like that. I don't know. We only pay taxes. I don't know. Yeah. From, I don't but, know. Uh, from, yeah, that's uh, what I mean. So take it from me. I've done enough of them to tell you that there's no, there's really nobody suffering here. The the Uber elite in California and New York, you know, they they got dinged up a little bit, but they yeah. didn't vote for Trump. So yeah, they, because they, so they I, have to get there. You uh, they have to get theirs. Yeah, you. The beginning of the show, the music is my world. Uh, that's my I friend loved Chris it. Munger. I loved it. And Munger, yeah. yeah, I was I was on my way over here Good talking to, talking to Chris on the phone, and I was like, oh, he said, who are you gonna have on today? I said, my accountant. And he's like, you mean our accountant? I went, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I turned you guys on. So um, so all right, Monique's here, and we gotta also pay attention that it's not just the aftershock sh- aftershock show. It is also a radio gunk. Mixed with Aftershock. That's exactly right. So now I'm going to be getting your trolls. This is great. So, yeah. So the reason we decided to do this, we were on the train coming back from the um, Judd Apatow crashing interview that yeah, Ron Bennington that, did yesterday. Down in the comedy cellar. And we, we were on the train kind of like um, Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney saying, yeah. let's do a show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. That's such a great analogy. <laughs> right? Yeah. And we just like smacked hands, did a high five, yeah. and decided to do this. And the reason we did it was because last time I was on, we, you know, I told uh, my listeners and uh, the people on my forum at radiogunk.com that I was coming coming on with Gorilla. Did they have any questions for him? So I got four pages of questions. Oh, wow. wow. I know. Shocking. Well, right? you know what? We're going to get to the questions in a second. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You had a big, I guess, grand opening party for your uh, your new uh, F Sharp. F Sharp had a Vegas opening last year. And, and yet you had a very special guest there. We had quite a few of them. Oh, yeah. but, but uh, you had OJ there. OJ did show up. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's a, he's a local. Head? He's a local. Um, we've. we've you know, I've met him a few times. We run into each other occasionally. He's got a gigantic head, doesn't he? He has a big head. Gigantic, gigantic head. Gigantic head. Yeah. So yes, first time I saw him. One thing I remember about him. Before he decided to kill his wife, um, <laughs> I met him because he was on the Infinity Broadcasting board. Yeah. He, he, really? Regardless, he might have been a murder. He's a murdering scumbag. He was actually a very good business person. Right. And he was. He still is. <laughs> He's still a good business person. He just doesn't have the resources he right. used to But have. he also doesn't know exactly how to not be a criminal. Yeah, you know what? That's uh, when you when you're on the Vegas scene. He's he's part of it, and Did that, he's you know I got a lot of shit for that. They, they, well, I'm sure we, we, we took a lot of negative, uh, yeah, not not a negative press for having him so there. But I uh, I I know the real story because I, I this is weird. I bartend. I was I was managing a bar on the Upper East Side, and one of the bartenders used to own the Metzaluna. Okay, mm-hmm. and the real story was that he was banging Nicole. I love this story. Okay, he was banging Nicole, and OJ. Walked in one day and Nicole was giving this guy a blowjob. And OJ, was it that day? Was it no, that? it was like it was a couple of days before. Oh, okay. And OJ was giving this guy was getting a blowjob from Nicole, and OJ freaked the fuck out. And they were separated. They were like, I, they were, I'm pretty sure you still sure. don't want to walk into that. Well, I know, of course not. <laughs> so now, now OJ starts stalking her, and he, she leaves that Metzaluna that night and goes home and lights a bunch of candles. And OJ could see the candles through the window, and he's like. Fucking, she's, a, no she's, she's getting, she's, she's setting the mood. He's coming over, and I'm gonna fucking kill both of them. Uh, so, and it was, was poor Ron Goldman. She called up and said, I, "I left my glasses there." And Ron Goldman came back just to drop the glasses off, and he uh. fucking killed both of them. And it was supposed to be that dude that I worked with. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really talk about that. Well, when, I would when think you, when you're hanging around yeah. with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. sticks to golf and cigars, and yeah. that's kind of what we do together. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Um. It's. I. It's. It's kind of hard, you know, I guess in your situation, because sometimes you see the person for who they are right now and not being a murderous psycho. Right. So, uh, it's, it, but I could see why people would give you flack. And then he also, like, wound up 
like you know it's funny because I had uh, the last show I had on this is like two shows that OJ came up on my uh, podcast he um, my friend was my friend was an ex, he's an ex FBI agent and he brought down like more people than Donnie Brasco Joaquin Garcia um, his book is being Jack Falcone mean being Jack Falcone <coughs> so he was on to talk about the book and everything but when he was undercover before he went and infiltrated the mafia he was doing because he's like Cuban he he was down in Miami doing drug buys. And one of the in-betweens was OJ. And like he, but he wasn't going after OJ. OJ was like a middleman. He was like selling ecstasy or buying 20 pills of ecstasy for resale or something. But he was like, he called me up and he's like, Stevie, you know who I was just on the phone with? I go, no. He goes, OJ, he's down here selling drugs. <laughs> I was yeah. like, but he, like, he, they, could, they didn't want to go for him because they were going someone bigger. So they kind of left him alone and stuff like that. But it, that, that guy is just... Uh, He's a hustler. By, by, yeah, we, the, by the way, that podcast is up now. Yeah, oh, that, that there's a new podcast up. It's uh, it's on, and Monique was on the last time, and Jock was on, and we had Roy McDonald and Canadian Kate. It's a great show. You can uh, go. I think it's it should be on Spotify. Bobby, is it, is it that whole Spotify thing? Is it up on iTunes and everything, or not yet? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Not well, yet. You, you'll be able to find it on YouTube on the uh, AfterShock XL channel. And um, all that shit's going to be sorted out. This, this show is about to blow up. I'm very excited when the cameras are up. We're going to be a TV show. So all right, let's get to Monique. Monique okay, and yay. all the, 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 the I just radio say, gunk I, yeah, I just want to say one thing about the tax thing. And I didn't realize this until we were um, audited not too long ago, a couple of years ago. But the funny thing about being audited is that, um, you know, they'll send your husband something saying that you're being audited and here's what you need to do and whatever. But they will also send you a separate letter in an unmarked envelope. This was the best thing I ever saw. It was an unmarked envelope, and it basically said, um, just FYI, your husband is being audited. So because a lot of times people who are getting audited don't tell their spouses or their significant others that they're being audited. And then all of a sudden you're there, sa- you know, and they're saying, here, honey, just sign some shit. And they don't tell you that well, you're being that's audited. That's because you're liable as well. Exactly. And you're just as liable as he is. Exactly. Regardless of your but interaction. Isn't that crazy? People are shifty. The oh, yeah. IRS is a little shifty, I know. Well, you know what? They're, they're actually, it's weird because they're kind of looking out for you. Well, they are looking out for you, but but the reality is, I mean, you know, I, I don't think I've ever read anything he has ever shoved in front of my face and said sign. Well, because he's, he's a lawyer and you trust him and you don't understand it. Well, yeah. That, that's why I do so many innocent spouse protection forms. Really? For this exact situation. Really? Everyone just signs away and they just trust. And it's, when it blows up, yeah. they, they go after both of you for the full amount. Yeah. So if he owes a million, you owe a million. Yeah. You've never worked, never participated. You still owe the million. Yeah. So we have, to, we have to work Bastard. pretty hard to get you out yeah, of that. Now that the government shut down, is the IRS necessarily shut down too? You know, they shut down the parts that we need to help people, like the parts I call up to make arrangements and, and make plans and yeah. deal with it. That's all shut down. The parts where they come after you and, and seize your asset and take your paycheck, that's, that part's open still. Oh, of course. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're they very selective about who doesn't show up Do to you work. think they'll do extensions yeah. this year for people? They I'm might. Curious. They might have to. They might have to, right? It's going to be backed up. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Um, I'm just going to go through them, okay? I didn't even I didn't even. Uh, okay. And you, you, you feel free to yeah, join well, in. Well, I'll good. chime in and bust your chops. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Okay. Co- <laughs> Cookie asks, was Grillo ever invited to one of the Christmas parties by Howard, and what were his thoughts on it? Which Christmas parties? We didn't have Christmas parties. You didn't used no. to have Christmas parties, did you? No. You know, like, before it got, like, official, before, like, anything, like, the E-Show, and then we had uh, Kathy Tobin, who was the office manager and stuff like that. 
and he, you know, before it started to really blow up, he used to like give you cash. Like I get like an envelope full of five with five hundred bucks in it or right. something, you know. And Fred would never give anybody, but he'd give me. We always would be like, shh, shh, don't tell anybody. Really, like, and Fred always gave me. You know, some cash. And Ronnie, the same thing. You didn't want to... Once you give one person, you got to give to everybody. Yeah, but see, you know, slippery slope. I guess they all kind of really loved me, and I was, like, really young and innocent at that time. <laughs> and uh, not anymore. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they all, like, give me, like, Christmas cards full of money on the side because they, they didn't give it to Ganji or John. Well, and you got paid like shit, so... No, I, no, no, I didn't oh, get you paid. you didn't get paid. <laughs> okay, the Bloody Nine wants to know, does he regret being a huge pussy about moving out of John's apartment? Pussy, I, do you like being like living on the street, motherfucker? <laughs> you don't have a place to go when you're on the street. What's being a pussy? I think I had balls to stand my ground and stay as long as I did. All right, my next question is from Samantha Therese. Hi, Samantha. Slow down, um, slow down, slow down. We got I have time. so many. We're gonna fill I, an hour. I, I, right? I, 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 I okay. so many. You don't want to talk tax that long. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, her question is, did he ever hear any inside information on the demise of Howard's marriage to Allison? Oh, that was big news. Radar Online this week was saying how Beth and Howard are, are breaking up and that there's, like, a little tension going on in uh, Chimneyville. So. Uh, I, you know, listen, like, we all didn't see that coming. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, he's 100 years old and she's not. So uh, she wants to have kids. He doesn't. And uh, you, you know you could. She's a little long in the tooth for the kids, though. Now I mean, she's a little long in the tooth. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, I no, I got to be honest. I was, uh, I was quite taken back by it. But you know, I, I remember when because I wasn't on the show when that whole thing was revealed. I was actually in, uh, Mass- I was in uh, Salem, Massachusetts, shooting a movie, really? and I was. Uh, sh- it was really. It was weird. It was right when the the hip, the what was it the Blair Witch Project came out. So this guy had this really interesting concept that he wanted to do a spoof on it called uh, The Black Witch and the Projects about <laughs> about four white kids that get lost in the projects looking for this legendary it's, black it's witch. It's called World Star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, not back then. You know, so we actually went to Salem, Massachusetts to shoot it. And I actually me and Tyler, Steven Tyler's daughter was in it. Yeah. And this other guy, Willie Oneblood, who was actually a, a, a white reggae. Nice. He was a white reggae guy. He was. If anybody's ever seen Dumb and Dumber, the opening of Dumb and Dumber, that's Willie Oneblood. It's called Whiny Whiny. Like, so it's all three of us and this other girl. We all did this crazy movie, and we were in the van together. We should go into another location, and then Ganji called me. Yeah. And was like, dude, and I was blown away. I was like, I was like, holy, because I remember that moment finding out that Howard and Allison are getting divorced. It was like, did not see it coming. You know, after you think about it, it's like, okay, what does he do? He goes in his basement. And he's, he doesn't talk to anybody, and he watches movies. And it can't be work for a healthy marriage. But he always preached about sticking with your wife and making things work. And I just didn't see it coming, I guess, when it happened. But did you think, like, when he went to, to Cannes and the movie was premiering and he was just becoming, like, this uh, you know, other guy? I, I told that... you I had my theory on that because, you know, a lot of people freaked out. And I can't say I know anything for 100%. But um, it kind of, like, hit me when... when you know, he used to stay at Silver Cup when we were shooting private right, parts. Right, right, He would stay at Silver Cup, put him in a room because he was doing, you know, the radio show and then shooting 10 hours. And so he, instead of driving all the way back to Long Island, he'd stay upstairs and, you know, just he's right across the water to go back to work. Right. And he had an overnight production assistant. Okay, well, basically when Howard was there, he'd, he'd stay there the night just in case Howard needed anything. And that production assistant happened to be Eli Roth. Right. The director, who's a huge director now and an actor, and he's done everything. So I remember, you know, there's no, you know, Eli was he always come once the the set was done. 
So he, there was no interaction with Eli, with any of the cast members or anything. It was just like he was upstairs. When Howard got done, he'd be there. So um, all of a sudden at the movie premiere, <coughs> Mary, Mary McCormick, I'm hanging with Eli, and Mary McCormick comes up, and then like Mary McCormick and Eli are like fucking best friends. I'm like, how the hell do you know you are? How did you guys cross paths? And the only way that they would cross paths is that if Mary, Mary McCormick was going up to Howard's studio after the movie, after we wrapped for the day. So I'm not saying anything happened, but but they were they, they weren't just like hi, they were like buddy buddies. And I'm like, how are you buddy buddies? If you, you, there's no interaction, there's no crossover. Maybe she was banging Eli. But how is she going up there? <laughs> He's a handsome dude. I wouldn't doubt it. I but know. you know, I'm not saying anything. It just merely kind of like threw up a flag is the fact that how do they how do they know each other so well? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, never well, got to the bottom but of that. Yeah, you can make your own conclusions. I made mine. Go I, ahead. I know nothing. I know nothing. Um. Yeah, this is always like a big question people have for pretty much anybody that's ever been on my podcast, which is, um, do you think you'd fit into the current climate at the Stern Show? And if he asked you to go back, would you go? Um, it would be ugly because uh, he, you know, I, I've had my my fair share to say about his whole situation. I know, and I would I would be more concerned that I'm going to go into a shitstorm of crap that uh, I'd be nervous about. Um, Listen, in, in the end, you know, I could say all I want, but do I fucking miss and love the guy? Yeah, would I like to have had a different relationship with him? Of course. You know, it just it went down the way it did. I, you know, I never tried to burn that bridge because I always wanted to go back and be able to promote something when I had something that I could use him for to promote. Right, right. So uh, when I was, when, when my company, Bright Shot, was, you know, at, the, at its peak and it was doing well, I went, Wow. I, I can go in and actually promote something and say, "Look, I, I, I'm, do, I'm successful," and you know, have me on and then promote the company and maybe get some business from it. And then I was basically told, "No, yeah, you're, you're, you're not coming back on. We're not going. We don't have." Th- Gary said, "We have three days a week, um, and we're, we're just reserving those days for A-list celebrities, and we're not we're not really having any ex-staff members on anymore." Yeah. So, w- w- all right, you know what? Fuck you then. Right? The, the bridge is already. You burned the bridge. I didn't. So I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want now. Jewel is actually even relegated to the wrap-up show. It's kind of crazy. Like, Jewel? Yeah. Oh, like, you, you know what? I didn't tell you. I, I, I was looking, you know, because I'm uh, in the process of finding other work. And um, there was a, there was a, it was Inside Radio for Inside Radio Jobs. Yeah. And they had a, there was a position open for, they didn't say, it was for Sirius XM, and it said for wrap-up producer. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and then the funny thing is, I, I applied to it. And then Tim Sabian sent it to me on Sunday, like, you need to apply for this. Oh, my God, you definitely So, I already to. did. Oh, I applied God, for I it instantly, it. yeah. I wonder who's leaving. That's I don't know, but they're looking for an executive producer over at SiriusXM for a wrap-up show. <sighs> okay, so Gary Puppet, and that was by Goiser Mask, so sorry I didn't uh, tell your name. Um, ask why Howard doesn't bitch about two of his kids both still being in college despite Ashley turning 26 and Deborah turning 33 in four months. 33, that's crazy. Howard used to goof on people all the time when he said they were in college for more than four years. Okay, this has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know anything. You wouldn't know anything about that. Um, ask him what he thinks about the Browns' new head coach, Freddie Kitchens. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even. Did he follow. know the Browns' new head coach? Why? <laughs> Why? What's What's the whole point? Of I that? have absolutely no idea. Um, 
He, um, okay. Nobody wants to know about the Browns anyway. Roland Schwinn <laughs> wants to know why Star Wars sucks now. George Lucas, um, he, he, he was young and hungry when he first did the first three. I think he started to lose it. And, and don't get me wrong, I love this series. I, I like my. I am. A, I'm obsessed. I'm an obsessed Star Wars fan. And whatever it is, I just still eat it up. But it wasn't like it, when it started to get to the Ewoks, where they just looked like little fat guys in like uh, Muppet suits. So that's when it started. The to franchise like, got old. Yeah, and you know the first two were such amazing things. And I think what happened when he started the trilogies is that he wasn't making it for the fans because he, you know, he he's adopted a bunch of kids and shit. He was making it for his kids. Right. Uh, he had his children in mind while he made that because he didn't have the fans in mind because it was so juvenile and so corny. I, did, I don't think he was going for that, okay, these kids are now adults now. He was making it for little children. Yeah, but was he really making it for merchandising as opposed to... Well, like, come like, on. We, we know I mean, that. I, I, I'm one of the idiots that buys up everything. I know. You know so it's, uh, <laughs> he was making it uh, for his children because there's some moments in that... That that episode one where it's just so fucking douchey, but there's like, but then you got Darth Maul and you got like fucking Qui Gon Jinn, which is Liam Neeson, and that, those fucking two great characters, you know. And then you got young Ewan McGregor, and then you got fucking Jar Jar Binks. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? So, all right, what's the next question? Okay, Mr. Judy Tenuta wants to know. Um, Judy Tenuta, there's a name. Isn't that great? Yeah. Isn't that great? Um, did Howard feel any responsibility whatsoever for the death of Dana Plato? I, you know, I never sensed any guilt from him. Because you remember that whole story, Yeah, right? she was on the air, and, and then, then she went up over and... She killed herself the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I never got any guilt from him. Maybe if he did, he kept it bottled up. But, you know, it, it that was him. Like, you know, he definitely threw salt on the wound, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't... He, he never expressed any guilt, so I, I can't answer that. Okay, Sloppy P wants to know, any good bitchy Robin or dickhead Fred stories? Never a dickhead Fred story. Robin was never bitchy to me, but my my first day, um, I was replacing Robin's old news intern, who she hated, and she wasn't supposed to be like it was like a Monday. She wasn't. Gary forgot to tell her that she was fired. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I didn't know that, and so I'm Ganji. I was also Robin's news intern, so I used to go through the daily papers and find interesting news stories for her, highlight it, and then give it to her while she did the news. So Ganji's explaining to me how what I have to do for her. And I'm in this little office, and she comes in and slams the door, and she goes, What the fuck is she doing here? Jesus. I, like, it was, because, like, Ganji's like, what are you yelling at me for? He goes, I don't know. I didn't even know she was here. And she's like, I told Gary not to fucking, I don't want to see her fucking face. And I had got into it on Friday. She's not, you know how fucking awkward this is? I was like, Jesus. I got to work for this lady? <laughs> <laughs> but she, that was the last time. I, like, she was just so wonderful, wonderful to me over the years that I really can't, ever say anything bad. Did she get into it with John all the time? Yeah. Like, they would times that they wouldn't talk to each other for months and she would fucking just give it to him on the air and shit. But, you know, John's confrontational like that and John pisses people off, so. That's what he, that's his job. Yeah. Actually. Um, okay. We're talk, talk about John being in a real estate now. Oh, yeah. So, Johnny, you, you know, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter about this because yeah. it's all over Reddit and our website and pretty much everywhere that now uh, John Melendez is a realtor. Let's, uh, well, let's give him a plug. You know, hey, listen. Not for, you know what? What it does say is that. Uh, oh, there, John Melendez. Just the first thing that came up on my Twitter account. So um, he's. Uh, yeah, the one thing about John is he, he's a lot of things, but he is very smart. 
Do you, Joyce? I say that to people all the time. They don't and, believe me. But people, it's hard to because he, he, you know, he has this persona, and people, and no one's ever smart when you work on the Howard Stern well, and he's show. He's fucking drunk all the time too, so he's constantly slurring, and you don't understand what the yeah. fuck he's saying. So and he knows uh, that. But he, um, he, oh, he, like he used to do. He used to flip uh, stocks all the time. He was made, he made some sick money in the stock market, and and just to get to uh, get himself on the Tonight Show. They, it just didn't, wasn't just because it's because he made the right connections at the right time and he did he did that he did he made the right move though, so um, apparently he you know he's really good at flipping houses and he got this real estate license and he's he's working at a real estate firm is on top of doing his podcast and listen you can make millions in real estate through especially out in Los Angeles. Is he working out of Calabasas or is he? Yeah, you know, I can't find it's. I, you know, I I know I had it too. I just it's, I, I, it was all over. Maybe he got embarrassed. I'm not going to waste took it time down, looking for but, it. But yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, he um. He's a hustler. I'll, I'll give him that. The, the, the dude knows how to make money. And I guess he, he bought a couple of houses and flipped them and sold them for whatever. He's not living off the uh, Howard Stern residuals. Yeah, no one is. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no one is. Yeah, I, I love when people go, Those "Oh, you, were, you, you were on the, you were on, They replayed something from you on the radio, and I go, "Yeah, oh great." And they're like, "Oh wait, don't you get money for that?" I'm like, "What? No well, mailbox money? No." <laughs> I will I, tell you, they they have. Uh, you know, Howard Stern has a, um, a YouTube channel now. And a lot of the old shows, they they have completely eliminated Artie from the from the replays. Yeah, uh, I, I went and got it. You know, uh, we, we didn't get too good of news today about Artie Lang. Yeah, by the no, way, um, apparently he's uh, locked himself in his apartment. Relapsed. Uh, completely relapsed. Um, he he's freaking out because he doesn't. He's not going to pass the drug test, and he's just just doing as much drugs as he can before he has to go back to jail. I guess so. You know, I, I had asked the... you if that picture was photoshopped. No, no his nose completely was, collapsed. Yeah, it was I wonder. I wonder how if he's snorting it. Like, do you have to? That's pick, an infect. That looks like it, it, it got infected and something terribly happened. Terrible happened. Well, on it's the just inside. basically hanging off his face, like one of those weird monkeys. No, it's like a weird flattened. Like, yeah, it's very very weird. I feel honored that uh, I probably got the last good coherent interview with him before he went to well, court. Actually, our interview with him was like the day before he was going to court. So he was he was clean then. And but he, he Apparently he, he had uh, coke in his system, but at least he was a little bit on the high good side. Uh, not, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I thought he didn't do coke anymore. Did it was just heroin? I don't know. But coke it's doesn't, true. does coke stay in your system a long time? I don't know. It's in your hair. That's what well, it do is. Do they take the hair? They take the hair, and if you have no hair on your head, they take it from your underarm. I just found that. I just learned oh, that on, oh, on my website. I, I have alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, well, shave body. this yeah. is a good a segue to this question. Um, what was the drug use like at the Stern show, and was there any? Uh, no, no, there, there was weed. You know, um, I had smoked with Howard once in the bathroom at Scores. That was pretty much it. Um, there was no cocaine, considering we were all up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, really? I, you know, I was pretty clean and sober back then. You know, I had a couple of drinks and smoked weed, but that was another story, another time. Uh, but I know I there was no, you know, I, weed. I never saw any blow there or anything like that. Really? Okay. Um, Yoda Quiver Stern wants to know what do you know about the relationship between Beth and Howard? Because there's always like this timeline thing about when they actually met versus when they say they met, and so everybody's always on the assumption that. He was with her. I wasn't there for that whole thing, so I don't know. Um, the only thing that I ever hear anything is like from you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, you, you'd be better off answering that question than me. Yeah. Okay. Refer back to Radio Gunk for that one, guys. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. John Mallon wants to know if you're still, uh, are you still bitten by the acting bug? 
oh, listen, I love being on camera. I love doing it. It's just, uh, I'm focusing on this right now. So, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, listen, I do. I, if someone offered me a movie role, I'd take it in half a sec. All right, Paul. Um, let's see. Vinny Pastore said Teresa Lynn banged Howard on the set of Private Parts. Uh, is this true? Well, how did Vinny Pastore know? He wasn't even there. I don't know. I'm just telling you what Fillmore is saying on my website. Big, I don't know. Big pussy needs to just take it down a notch. I don't, who's Teresa Lynn? Uh, who, I don't know. Is she a uh, porn star? I don't even know who she is. She's a porn star, see? But she wasn't. Uh, the only porn star that was on set was, um. oh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Janine Lindenbuehler, is he talking about? Because she no. was in that lesbian scene. The only thing, there was, uh, uh, you know, what's her name? I don't know. Yes, you do. Uh, that the porn star that was uh, that got naked in the in the private parts thing. I'm having oh, a brain fart. Oh, the redhead. So it's a fat one no. now. Jenna Jameson. No, Jenna Jameson. She's yeah. fat now. Oh, she's like a house. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Well, she got pregnant. She never lost the weight. She's she's, she's another person. T- yeah, Tito Ortiz's kid. <laughs> she's another person. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, well, because you know, uh, I'll forget about it. I, you know, I, it was just such a weird. So she was so used to being naked on like on porno sets. So when she was shooting that scene and she was naked, like. There she was at craft surface, butt naked, like, you know, eating a ding-dong, you know? It was like, <laughs> and the whole entire movie set, all the guys are just staring at her. She's naked. Everybody. So uh, Betty Thomas had to come over and go, what are you doing? Put a robe on. She was like, what? They turned around, like, there's like 50 fucking grips standing there drooling with hard on. Gripping. Like, gripping. Yeah, gri- gripping something. <laughs> gripping it tight. <laughs> um, okay, so Samantha also wants to know, why the comic fan? Why do you think that he really just kind of banned comics from being on the show anymore. Although he did have some guy on that had to tie in with Netflix yesterday. Well, if you're not an A-list celebrity, like, you know, it's funny. We had, uh, you know, Gilbert Gottfried's, uh, you know, was looking at ProMedia possibly to do his show here. Um, His his wife was up here. ProMedia, I got to give them a plug because this facility is absolutely amazing. It's only getting better once we get the cameras up. Um, They have such a professional crew and staff here. They're amazing. And anybody wants to do a podcast, contact Chad at ProMedia and you can book a room and you can start your own podcast. They are super professional and they have a full service. Uh, They they do full service. Like if you want your show edited, they'll they'll edit, they'll put it up, they'll do everything. So uh, ProMedia, thank you very much. We'll we'll thank them again at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, uh, she was up here and you know what, Gilbert... And and I and I mean this sincerely. Like if you ask me the top three guests that were ever on Howard Stern is Gilbert Gottfried, Pat Cooper, and Richard Simmons. Absolutely. And, and like there were times when Gilbert and Gilbert would come in and you would never expect him to be like the way he was because he'd come in with his backpack on and like he disheveled like you know like and he oh hi how are you would you like coffee Gilbert oh no I'm I'm okay and he'd sit in the, he'd sit in the office and he wouldn't like he was very quiet so we just did what we had to do and then. All of a sudden, he'd get on the air, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like he was like completely <laughs> just blowing up, like Dracula. I mean, he was on. We couldn't answer the phones because we were hysterical laughing. He's the best guest, and you know, the the day they knocked him off was when the guys in the back dared him to lick the cupcakes and put him back down, and they never let him back on after that day. Oh yeah, you know what, Dracula Godfrey, I'm sorry, was like some of the funniest <laughs> shit I ever heard. <laughs> so, all right, I have another question from um, Artie's Jagunda Nose. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> is the name of the guy? Okay, the infamous Grillo and Ralph double teaming a chick story. Specifics, please. How it went down, where it took place, did Ralph try to grope him, etc. I've been listening to a forty-plus hour Ralph compilation and came across this revelation. Ralph claimed him and Grillo double teamed a chick back in the day, which I think you actually told me about. And after he popped. 
inside the Chigrillo ate her box for like an hour. This story was revealed around the time of the creepy Sam Simon Ralph saga. Um, yeah, so we, we brought back this like really hot <laughs> chick from scores back to my apartment. And, you know, we were wasted, and all of a sudden, just this all just started to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, she's got Ralph's dick out, and I'm eating her out. And then I had I just happened to look up and see Ralph's dick, and I said, what, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't want to see this. I don't want this. I just, so I said, Ralph, you, you, you're going to have her. And I fucking went and slept in Gangie's bed. <laughs> was, is, is, is Ralph well endowed? I, I, I was drunk, and I really, I was just like, I, 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 it was like for half a second. I, I guess he has a nice cock. I don't know. I like, it's a, I'm not a penis expert. Well, you know, but everybody's always said. I don't even want my own penis in the room. Everybody <laughs> always says that Ralph is kind of gay, so I'm always curious about that. He had no problem with what was going on. I did. <laughs> I was just like, that was the last time. Like, my ex-wife, you know, she used to like, she, she, she'd she bring home chicks. So, you know, and I was like, this is great. But, I you know, then, of course, at some point, after maybe the third or fourth girl, and she's like, so, um, what about a guy? And I went, here's the deal. I said, I don't want my own dick in the room. I said, <laughs> and if I see another dick inside you or in your mouth, it's going to ruin both those places for me. So if there's a, if I have to do a trade-off, I don't want another threesome. I'll just be with you. And she goes, I like that answer. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about it. So <laughs> she said, I should never ask to have a guy in the room again. So it was just like, but, and then she'd bring home another girl. So I had a good like. Did you ever have that, Richard? And that relationship didn't work out, huh? It worked out for twenty years. <laughs> Sounds like all mine. Well, well, how about this? I, I never cheated on her, so well, I, I yeah, didn't have you to. Didn't have to. Right. Yeah, like why would you ruin something like that? So, uh, but did you have? You, are you married? I'm not. No. You're not. Were you? I was. And what happened? Same she story, got, man. She, got, she, 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 wanted, she wanted she, to dig. She, she woke up. <laughs> she got that letter from the IRS. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I signed like four of those things. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, my, my personal life's been a tragic story. We don't need to get into that. Okay, we don't uh, have to get into that. All we have to know is that you're a fucking one hell of an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, you got tax problems. You go to this guy, and he fixes the problem. Trust me. F sharp? Yeah, yeah, F sharp, baby. <laughs> okay, Ov wants to know. You can ask him if he ever observed Howard or even Fred actually creating any of those memorable bits or shtick during his tenure, or was it really all just Jackie? No, they used to. Fight. They'd go in. The, they'd get done with the show, and they'd go in the back, and they'd shut the door, and all you heard. Who they? They who? They would be Jackie, Fred, and Howard. Okay. And uh, they would go in the back, and shut the door, and all you did was hear hysterical laughing. And then the next morning, all of a sudden, you know, like, because they, they would write the bits, like, just say, like, a Woodstock minute or any other thing that they did when I was there. And um, they would be laughing, and I had to leave. I had to go to school, you know. So I was, and, and then the next morning, it was, like, gold. Like, they, they'd come up with the bits, and they, they were just so, such a great, amazing, creative team. And to watch them all do that together, it was uh, definitely a privileged moment in my life. You think that Howard does that now? Or do you think no, that but, you on know, that you know fifty-person staff? Because when I was there, if you like, if you stepped up and said I wrote a bit, it was like get out of here. Really? And then I think he had some type of epiphany where wait, I got like a stack. What, what do I need to fucking pay writers for? I got fucking interns here that'll write. I can get them to write for free, and I don't have to pay them sixty thousand dollars a year. So then, like right before I left, he started including everybody into like writing ideas, like pitch your ideas, go ahead and do this. And, but when I was there, he didn't. And I think someone said, what are you, crazy? you got fucking free creative uh, writing staff here that you don't have to pay. Why, why don't you use them? And he started to do that. I don't know what they do now. Do you think that a lot of the callers that were calling in back in the day were fake? No, no, no. I, I guarantee you they were. A lot of people ask were. that question. No, no, they weren't. Because I know 
he didn't want anybody touching the phones in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. I remember Richard Simmons came in one day because you know they had the phone line in the office next to Gary. There was like a hundred buttons there, and they were all flashing. And Howard had the same thing in the office. And there were times where he, you know, before we started screening people, that he didn't want anybody touching the phones. And Richard Simmons would come in, and he was just like a tornado. Good morning, everybody. Hello. <laughs> and he like all of a sudden he'd start answering the phones. And then one day he got up. And he started going to the listener line. So now Howard can see that Richard's, because like, the button's not blinking, it's down. So he goes, hey, who the fuck is on my, like, fuck me, who the, who the hell's on my, who's on the goddamn phones? Because he wanted it real and organic. Right. You know? And he didn't want anybody, like, he didn't want it, like, screened like that. And, because Richard, and Richard was, and Gary wasn't in the office, so Richard was going crazy, pushing all the buttons. It's talking. like a child. Hello, good morning, it's Richard! You know? <laughs> and, and Howard, like, freaked out on Gary, because, like, wait, you, you, your office, you're responsible. I don't want him talking to my listeners, you know? And he, like, reamed Gary into really? asshole. Because he didn't want it. But then it got to the point, like, years later, like, right before I left, where we had to go on and screen the calls. Like, and the, so what, it was never anything fake. It was always like real, but it just it just weeded out the uninteresting people that had nothing to say because people would call up and go, uh, uh, what? Yeah. And I'd be like, click, you know? Right. So it right. was, uh. All right. I have a few, uh, a couple of little last questions, and you can answer this one as you feel like, and I'll just uh, give you all of what Smartass said. A few last questions. Do you think Howard's nice guy image off the air is an act, or do you really believe he's a good guy? And if you believe he's a good guy, why does he place obstacles for any of the staff for making money away from his program? That's the corporate mentality he was brought up in. You know, that was K-Rock, that was Mel Carmerson, that was Tom Chiasano, uh, that was Don Buckwald. The, you know, always keep a good man down. You know, just give him enough to survive. And always remember that there's someone out there that can do your job, and they're, they're, there's a line of them, and they'll take your job at any second. So you, you give him what little, and that was the corporate mentality. That's that's why Mel Carmerson is a fucking billionaire because that, that it's, it's basically corporate school. That's what he went through. That's who that you know. The, I guarantee you, there was some type of meeting between Don and Mel and Howard, and and where them go, they're going. Listen, you're gonna be a fucking millionaire, okay? And once you hit, you start making this kind of money, everybody's gonna want some money. Everybody's gonna come after you. So what you do is. You don't give anybody money, and you don't pay anybody, and you act like you don't have any money. Because everybody, and this is just my theory, because it's just, that's what happened, and it's not the only time I had seen it there. And it was just like, you don't, you don't give anybody money. That's it. Do you think anybody other than, like, Gary and the, the four, the, the Buckwell clients, do you think they get paid any kind of real money there? Like, what in you, the back room? Mean? I mean... Well, you know, listen, that, like that, that, was, that was, if you talk to Jackie about that, you know, Jackie didn't want to sign with Don because oh, he can make his own. That means Jackie goes out and does like, you know, chuckles in Long Island. Don gets a piece of that. Right. You know, and he didn't want. And how know, can Don be um, for his best interest when his main client is the person he has well, to get well, the most what money sucks for? You know, you know, that's what sucks for Fred Norris because Fred Norris started to do some acting and he's a talented actor, believe it or not. Yeah. You know, he did a couple of shows and Don's his agent and they stopped sending him out because I'm sure Howard said, no, I need him focused on the show. He doesn't want anybody outside the show to have a career. Outside the show, right? Because you know, and not that Fred would wind up leaving him, but what if Fred did get a series? Well, you and never he know. A series, and he, right. I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure Fred gets paid bank very well, right? Yeah, because I mean, he, Robin always wants to have a talk show. She always wants to do something like yeah, that. That never uh, manifests. I, I'm sure either. that that was a decision from Don and Howard together. Yeah, you know, I like agree. Like Don going, 
She, oh, the, gonna, guy, the guy's running a business. He's not there to. He's not there to launch everyone's careers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so but if got, that's his gotta, agent, he's got to keep you but around. But if that's his agent, if that's your agent, well, that they be should be one. No, it's a conflict. <laughs> you should <laughs> want what's best for your client. See, so I can't even imagine how a Buckwald could be their agent as well without it being a conflict because, of interest. Uh, because it of how it's turned, Don Buckwald owns a small town upstate New oh, York. <laughs> really? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> he does. He's like the <laughs> mayor. Like he basically bought a whole fucking town. <laughs> Downtown. Uh, yeah, Domtown. <laughs> well, okay. Um. All right. Final question: <clears throat> Who is the most hated staff member on the show, and why? What do you think? Well, I haven't been there. Um, you know, I, I can't I can't really answer that. Like every we all had our, you know, moments and fights like, you know, brothers and sisters, but there was when I was there there was nobody really hated. Um there was guests that were hated, like we all hated Richard Belzer. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. How come? Well he was a dick. He'd come on and he just like he was just such a pompous ass. Like you know, the one time he was nice to me was like one of my last days there. But he'd come on and he was just such a oh, the Geraldo was the biggest dick. Really? Geraldo's a piece of shit. Why? Well, because he came on the the radio and he was with Howard's old producer, one of Howard's producers from the Channel Nine show, who was a really nice guy, was his producer on whatever show he was doing at the time. So he actually came up with Geraldo, like because you know Geraldo said, "Oh, you want to come up and say hi to Howard? Come with me." So I come in and I give out the releases and I was like, uh, "Would you like some coffee?" He goes, "Yeah, have cream and a little sugar." Uh, I was like, "Kevin, you want something?" He's like, "Grillo, bye-bye. and he's talking to me, like because we knew each other. And we're having a conversation. Geraldo goes, oh, excuse me, you, go get my fucking coffee. <laughs> and I was like, what, motherfucker? <laughs> like, and I'm like, you know, I was like, you, you really gonna, you know, like, I'm not someone that would do this, but I was like, you gonna uh, fucking treat someone like that that's going to get you a coffee oh, with so a little extra entitled. cream in it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah, and K-Rock was notoriously cheap and had the worst coffee. So... And it was embarrassing because I had to ask for coffee. Like, you know, normally you're on a big radio show like that. They have, like, a spread every right. morning. With, like, the gourmet coffee, bagels and locks, whatever you want. Some fruit. They never had anything. And uh, if they actually, someone actually wanted something, they'd go down to the deli and get it. But the the, the coffee in the little kitchen at K-Rock was notoriously disgusting. So um, Ike Turner came up. So, and he was, like, you know, he was, like, chill. He was kind of cool. And he goes... I said, uh, Mr. Turner, would you like some coffee? He goes, yeah, I'd love some. Just black, please, man. And I said, and I'm like, I, I'd always go and pour the coffee. I'm like, oh, it looks like sludge. You know Ugh, what I'm saying? Geez. He goes, and so I give it back. I give him the coffee, and he's sitting down, and I get up, and I'm walking down the hallway, and he, he comes and goes, he goes, yo, you call this motherfucking coffee? And I was like, <laughs> and he was like smirking. He wasn't being a dick. He was just like, I was like, I'm Cold sorry, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, who, like, is the, who is the best guest ever? Do you think uh, well, Gilbert? Gil Gilbert? Gilbert, on the air, Gilbert was like so much fun. Um, but you know, you know, you know, it was really weird. Uh, here's a weird guest story. So you, you don't, nobody knew this. So Sherman Helmsley's coming on. <laughs> Love it. Okay, and um, so that's Mr. Jefferson well, to the yeah, younger people that yeah, might be listening. From, from the Jefferson, Sherman <laughs> Helmsley was Mr. was George Jefferson. That's Weezy's husband. Weezy's husband. So uh, he's moving on up. So right before he gets there, Gary shuts the door and he, he goes. To all of us, it's like me, Ganji, and John in the office goes, listen, I don't want you guys to be surprised, but Sherman is fucking gay. And I'm like, what? No way. I was like, I thought it was been a joke. Like, like, where's the camera kind of thing? And he goes, no, no, no. Just, you'll see. I just didn't want you guys to be surprised. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, right. Sherman comes in, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? And I'm like, whoa. I was like, holy crap. He was like, super gay. And it was like, and, well, yeah, like, which uh, gives him 
super cred because he, he's a great actor because you just wouldn't guess it. Because George Never. Jefferson was like this hard-ass motherfucker you wouldn't mess with. And then, then Sherman comes in and he's just like, he, he flaunted it. He was like, you know, he had no problem. And this is before it was like, Everybody was out of the closet. And I so, had no fucking gaydar as a kid, though. Did you? No, no, no. no. Well, yeah, but sometimes people are. Hello, you, you Mr. Knew, Brady. Like, come on. Well, I, well, that you wouldn't know, but like I remember there was a kid that I grew up with, and we all like I'm still friends. You with always him. know the kid. That's like, gay. like he, like yeah. he was dancing around. He was doing everybody's hair. He's a hairdresser still now. You always uh, know. But that he, was kid. Like, You're he was right. like he was like he'd be in the girls' bathroom with all the girls and oh, stuff right. like that. But you know, and his name was Frankie, and like it's he was so at nine or ten years old. He was flamboyantly gay. Right. And his family was a badass family. Like, you didn't fuck with his family. They're like, they were pe- they were like the, the people that started the fights. They, they were like foul mouth, crazy people. And we were all we were all together. We all grew up together. Okay, Brooklyn. And, and no, this was upstate. This <laughs> oh, was really? upstate, yeah. And um, we protected Frankie. Like, Frankie was one of us. And like, you know, someone else said that just like started coming around. They're like, like, uh, Oh, Frankie the fag. I'm like, you say that again. You're going to get your fucking teeth he's, knocked he's out. He's our fag. That's yeah, right. No, yeah, he's our fag. <laughs> no, but like, and Frankie would beat your ass too. <laughs> you know, he might have been like, but he, he would be, he knew how to fight. He would, he'd fuck people up. I, I had zero fucking gator. I know exactly what you're saying though in terms of school and whatever, but I always thought, I, I even thought the village people were like really cute guys. I mean, yeah, what the fuck yeah. did I know? <laughs> so, all right, that's all my questions for you, sweetie. Yeah, that's all oh, I got. wow, that's it. Yeah. So we, uh, we went to go. Uh, they had something down at the comedy cellar yesterday with uh, chasing. You know, uh, Judd, Judd Apatow was there, and what's that guy's name? I have no idea. Pete Holmes. Pete, Pete Holmes. Holmes. Pete Holmes yeah. is there. So no, they, someone said something uh, about. Um, it was uh, Kiss was on. All oh, right. The what was it? The Mike Douglas show or something? Right. And Gene someone, Simmons, Tony Fields. Yeah. So through the makeup, <laughs> I forgot who, who was the guest, but they they knew through the makeup. Tony and Gene Fields. Simmons was Jewish. Tony Fields. Oh, okay. And, she, and they said, so she goes, I know you're part of the clan. You know? And so, so I was thinking, like, you know, like, so if, Jew, if Jewish people are the clan, and I, no, 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 what, what she said, um, what was it? The tribe? The tribe. Yeah. The so tribe. Jewish people. She just found this out yesterday that Gene no, Simmons was. Well, this was oh, this, no, this this is is 1970-something. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is before, they, dead. This is before they even took the makeup. She looked at Gene and was like, you're from the tribe. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I was thinking, so the Irish are the, the Irish are clans, Jews right. are tribes, and, it was, what are the, and so what's Italians? What, they fucking... Gindaloons. No, no, they, I was thinking they're just fucking... What are uh, they? Gangs. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. That's exactly right. You're Italian, no, we right? Don't, we don't usually uh, you know, congregate together in yeah, groups, we don't right? Yeah, we don't have a click name. But no, yeah. yeah, it's called the Mafia. <laughs> yeah. If there was such a thing, I'm sure they would call it that. Yeah. <laughs> So but, now, do you spend most of your time in Vegas now? Are, are you, like, a resident there? Most or? recently, yes. I just officially moved into Vegas. Okay, so you're li- kind of sort of living there, or are you still have yeah, places no, I'm pro- involved? No, I live there. I'm, I'm in there probably 70% of the year now. Nice. How's the weather now? It's beautiful. It's, beautiful. Yeah. it's a little chilly day, right now, but it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had my convertible top down driving yeah, around yeah, until, no, until I went to the airport Sunday to get on a plane to come here. So oh I've been in Vegas when it snowed, though. It, I mean, they can, they potentially get snow there, no? I, I get, uh, they it say it happens. It gets, I haven't it seen it in two years. But yeah. It gets chilly. Oh, it gets cold. It absolutely gets cold. Yeah. If you're not in the sun, there's, there's, there's about six weeks a year where it gets chilly. Huh. I heard that they're having like a big water crisis out there though too, because so many people are moving there and they don't have enough water even coming through the Colorado River to 
supply the states anymore. They don't, they, they don't really they don't really stress that. I mean, I live in a condo on the strip, so I'm not really. Oh, out you're in the okay, suburbs so you're not like where, in Henderson or anything. Yeah, where like they that. tell you don't water your grass, but most people don't even have lawns. It's just all really? stones and cactus. Have you met uh, Have you met Brittany yet? It's I haven't just, personally met her, no. Oh, okay. Just curious. And Lady Gaga's I, out there I now, love too, to, which I'm very excited yet. about. Yeah. No, yeah. Love's always a great show. It's, I It's great shows everywhere in Vegas. I, you know what? I'm not really into, like, the show scene. I mean, the last time I was out there, I think the guy who's, the gay guy whose face was eaten was still on, on, uh... Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those guys. It's so funny, because the Simpsons predicted that. Simpsons predicted a lot <laughs> oh, of yeah, things. Yeah, it's like, they, they, were, they, they had their version of Siegfried and Roy, and, uh... <laughs> the, the, the tiger's do, like on a tricycle. You know, he's on a unicycle. And he's got like fucking thing in his half. And the tiger all of a sudden goes into a daydream where the tiger was like sleeping peacefully in the jungle. And uh, the Siegfried and Roy character pop up with a dark gun. They go, hey, tiger. And they shoot it. And the tiger goes, snaps out of it and goes, you fucks. And he just fucking attacks them. <laughs> Well, hello, they're, make, they're, make, <laughs> they're making these cats do tricks. I mean, eventually it was had to go bad for them. Yeah, right? no. It's, I love the people that like. Oh my! I, I want a chimpanzee, and then like, they eat your, you your face, off. face off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because their their instinct in the wild is if there's a if, if there's another male, they 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 try to rip the other male's penis off. They bite their nuts off, like you know. So there, there's an incident where like the fucking guy got his dick bit off by his pet chimpanzee. chimpanzee. He goes, "What's that?" Best sometimes. Yeah, easy for me to say. Uh, chimpanzee. And, Let's get a little uh, flustered. Yeah, I'm getting worked up. I don't want my junk bitten off by, <laughs> by some savage animal. But uh, yeah, it, w- it would help with a threesome though. <laughs> uh, back on that again. Yeah, come on, threesomes are fun. Have you ever, have you ever had a threesome? No, no, not recently. You never had like what, while you're preparing taxes, like you know, uh, have two girls come over. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that's a that's a big field. You know, the the the, the chicks tax are all over you when you're a tax guy. Right? Oh yeah, so, yeah. You have to beat them off with a stick. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, it's a good trade. Yeah, it's kind of like a celebrity, right? <laughs> yeah. Beat them off with a pencil. Oh, you beat them off with a pencil. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you can go get a girl with your tax refund <laughs> from F Sharp. <laughs> yeah. You come to Vegas and you can actually do it all in one day, yeah, you know, yeah, transaction. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you a quick refund, and you, yep. can, you can go out and get laid. There you go. <laughs> you go take a ride out to the bunny ranch. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something you should exploit. Exploit. Yeah, you could, you could. You could. In fact, you could have their the refund transferred to the bunny ranch. Wait, didn't that? Great <laughs> <job>? <laughs> yeah, direct payment. Yeah, direct payment to the bunny ranch. <laughs> you should think about that. How many people would probably like that? Didn't he just oh. drop dead? Yeah, Dennis, and yeah. he was running for like I guess senate or something. <laughs> he died, and he still won. <laughs> yeah, he still won. Yeah. It's Dennis Hoff. Guy. Yeah. Did you ever meet him? Uh once. Uh, I. My buddy, uh, Sherrod Small, who's a comedian, uh, invited me to dinner, and he's a big comedian now. Uh, yeah, Dr. It was him, uh, Ron Jeremy, and Dennis Hoff. But he was like, you know, he seemed like he was into, like, Ron. He was like, him and Ron, like, best friends. And, like, he really didn't give a shit who I was. And, right. I, like, I didn't, like, pry to be friendly if someone's not, you know, he was kind of standoffish. But the people that do know him loved him, you know? He was a... Uh, he was... Very loved by everybody he knew. So it's weird, funny. My my friend Sherrod is such a great story. He's like, uh, he's he, he headlines the Comedy Cellar. He's like, he's everywhere. Okay, like he walks in. He like basically, his job is to go from, com- you know, uh, comedy club to comedy club to comedy club. Like on Fridays and Saturday nights, and he headlines them and he kills. He's like, huge. He does all like the talk shows and shit like that. 
But like he used to live down the block from the restaurant I used to work at. Him and uh, Rachel Feinstein, who's who's both of them have come up from the con- from the from the from the like twenty years ago. That now they're like they were both headliners, and but they they were just basically starting out and they were roommates and they they used to live down the block from Bernelli's. So they'd come in and Russ knew that they were you know uh, up and coming comedians. So he'd buy them dinner and they'd come and oh, hang nice. out. So no, uh, this was sort of like a mafia restaurant, <laughs> okay? So. They decided that one night they're gonna do an open mic night, and it's a little—it's only seventy people, and they fit seventy people. It was a really tight squeeze, so we started doing uh, like comedy night, and it lasted about three weeks. <laughs> By the third night, like for the third time, uh, one of the comedians that they brought on uh, said something to one of the mafia guys <laughs> right in front of everybody. He put a gun in his mouth. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can overstep, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Did you, were like, you doing stand up? I tried stand up a couple of times. Yeah. I just like, I don't know. I, you know, the, the worst is when you go to do an open mic night. You know, there's really no audience there other than other comedians. Other comedians working on their material, so like they're not really paying yeah. attention to you and shit. And no one's comedians. Not a lot of the, feedback. Comedians never laugh at other comedians because it's just like, yeah, there, there was no feedback. So I did it like once or twice. I did it twice, and I was just like, you can't do it. You know, if you're in front of an audience that wants to laugh, that's one thing. These guys, yeah. there was a like room with 20 other comedians, and they're all concentrating on their own shit. Or maybe I'm just not funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's so what, Let's not rule that out. That's what that show Crashing is all about, though. I mean, yeah. that's the only episode I ever watched, actually. Yeah, I know. We're, 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 kicked out we're of watching that Judd Apatow, and they're talking about Crashing, <laughs> and she goes, have you ever watched it? I said, I watched one episode. And she goes, me too. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> We, you know, and that's exactly what it was about, though. That's what that show was about. Like he got kicked out of his house or something, and he was trying to figure out how to make it as in uh, in comedy. And he was, uh, they have to hand out their own pamphlets to get people in, yeah, their own flyers and shit. If like that. If you go down to McDougal Street and around West Third Street, uh, where the comedy cellar is, you know, there's there's so many. You, you, there's You've one seen night, amazing people no, at the comedy uh, cellar. Yeah, but that's another funny story. So Sherrod, Sherrod's good friends with John Mayer. So I, I was on a double date with me and my, my buddy and his girlfriend. And the Sharaj invites us down to the comedy cell, and they're fucking talking and talking and talking. The girls are talking. They're ignoring all the fucking comedians. It was so rude. So right, right before Sharaj comes up, he goes, uh, before I go on, uh, you know, it's a tradition of the comedy cell for, you know, for, uh, yeah, other comedians to come in and break, uh, you know, about to have a, this is this, my, this comedian, it's his first time. Be nice to him. Everybody, Mr. John Mayer. No. John Mayer comes up. All of a sudden, my wife and my friend's girlfriend were like, huh? <laughs> All of a sudden, the conversation that they were having completely stopped, and they were their eyes were glued to him, and the like, drool is coming out of their mouth because he, he's a fucking good-looking dude. He is a good-looking dude. So, And then he went up there, and he did about 15, 20 minutes. He killed it. Really? Yeah. And then then Sherrod goes on, and I guess they're upstairs, and uh, so <laughs> we're leaving. And thank God the girls didn't see this because I, I know what would have happened if it did. So the Chirag goes, hey, man, you want to come smoke a joint with me and John? Bring everybody. And I go, no, that's okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I said, I don't need that competition. I don't need that kind of competition. There is no competition. It's fucking John Mayer. Yeah, well, I was sort of told by somebody he, he, may, he, may, he, he may know the ways of the, the anus. Like he's, oh, he like goes a little... Uh, he, might, he might, yeah. His, well, guitar, I have, I have his guitar might pluck the wrong um, No, I, I do know someone that had uh, a threesome with him and Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. right. I forgot they... they uh... Yeah, he said, my buddy was like, I was like, wait, you fuck, wait, you fuck Jessica Simpson? And he's like, yeah. I was like, what? He goes, 
it's fucking true. She's fucking dynamite. Yeah. Really? I was like, he goes, John shares everything. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, really, dude? I was like, fuck. I did a lot of work. And that's for, when she uh, was like them. stupid hot. Yeah, she was stupid yeah, hot. Yeah, no, she she was like ridiculous, fucking uh, smart. No. No. Hot, yes. Yeah, but now, <laughs> now honestly, she's like a blonde manatee. I mean, she's just... A blonde she's manatee. Flo- she's floating Those titties in the are effect. banging off her knees. She's pregnant again. She's, I think oh. she's, she easily gained like 70 pounds. She's tremendous. Her tits are literally over her fucking ears. They're like literally just pulling out from inside her chest. I'd still hit it. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do some business with them, and I've met her on a few occasions, and... Her mother, I mean, she has a billion-dollar industry. Oh, yeah, she's all over. I went to, I uh, was shopping. She's everywhere. What's that? that I, I hate that place. It's like. Which one? It's like, it's almost like a Kmart, but it's there's one on like 55th and like 8th. Target? No. No, it's, it's. Uh, I hate going there. It's, Conway's? No. No. Uh, co- Century 21? Uh, Corvettes? <laughs> <laughs> Alexander's? Yeah. <laughs> Woolworths? <laughs> 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 Yeah, but she's a billionaire. Yeah, but her, her pocketbooks are everywhere there. Pocketbooks, shoes, clothes, everything. And so her mother runs the whole thing. And everybody who works there is friend of Jessica. So if you're the PR girl, you used to be like her dog walker. And if you, you know, if you babysat for her kid and you needed a job, you went to work there. And so yeah, that's the way things should happen. Well, yeah, and they kind of sit around in a room like this. There's like twelve of them, and the mother. The mother is such a fucking genius. You would never think it coming from a yeah. Simpson, right? And so <laughs> she doesn't forget a thing. Like if you've been working with them 10 years and you show them something and, you know, we're thinking of doing this in pink with blue, she'll be like, um, back in 2012, didn't you also do that in pink and blue and it had like little white buttons on it? She doesn't forget anything. And it makes her a fucking genius in business. So and her father, of course, you know, dyed his hair blonde and decided to go and uh, play with like – 19 year old boys but oh mother, really I, oh he, yeah he, i didn't know that yeah he announced himself as gay a couple of years ago and left the mother and you know this this day and age it doesn't surprise me anymore well you know what it just you we grew up in such a closed closeted like situation that, and everything <laughs> everybody expected you to get married and have kids and that's just the way it was and you couldn't you know express the fact that you were gay ever no. so you had to eat it up and then now it's now it's so acceptable it, like as it should have always been but it's um, it's now you can you can say screw this. I'm gonna be who I am. You know what? I I would say that's probably true. Yes, for people maybe a little bit younger than us, but I I've known many uh, a male buyer who would come into the city specifically so that they could, uh, you know, they'd do a business trip so that they could come to New York and and pick up guys. I mean, you know, we live in fucking Hell's Kitchen. I see yeah. like these, you know, really straight businessmen well, all the time coming out of those well, bars. Well, I see that. You know, I have a I have a large transvestite. Uh, friendship thing going on like there's a friend of mine she's a tranny and she always has these parties and i know like most of the girls that run in her ring and i go to the parties because hey i think transvestites are so much fun to hang out with you know and it's, it's and i'm completely okay with my straightness and they're okay with my straightness but it's the people that attend the parties right. that sometimes uh, i'm telling you i at every party there was at least five or six hasids hasidic jews that love transvestites oh my god sure. they love transvestites yeah. And I'll tell you something. Growing up in Williamsburg, <clears throat> we used to see the Hasi- – they were classic for this. Uh, they would go down to the pier uh, by the river, and they'd put uh, curtains up over their windows, and they'd pick up the the prostitutes that used to hang out on the far east side of, uh, in Greenpoint. 
and fuck the shit out of them yeah. all all the time. It's and you so see disgusting. them in those like gross Hasidim, uh, you know, station. I, you know, I don't cons- you know, I, I, maybe I'm going to put myself out there. I don't consider them Jews. I consider they're them a, they're they're a cult. They are a cult. Okay, and and they get away with so much shit. There was something on uh, Facebook today about this traffic agent was going to park. You know, they, they were towing the guy's car. And they all came out and they fucking they they they, they were using racial slurs because the person was black. They fucking they they pushed the car off the 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 tow truck, and the guy took off with the car because he he owned like probably a couple hundred dollars in parking tickets. And these guys they get away with everything. My friend's a cop, and uh, he took it. They they arrested this guy. He had a warrant. So you have a warrant, you go and you get arrested. So he told his partner because he was a rookie. He said, "Do not." Give him his phone call until I get back. Because once you start the paperwork, you know, you, you know you, that's it. So he was going to get all the paperwork together, and the rookie let him take, make a phone call. Uh, he made one phone call, and in 10 minutes... The whole tribe was there. No, in 10 minutes. <laughs> whoever, there's, there's, there's like one guy you call if you get in trouble. And Moisha. He, yeah, Moisha. If you call Moisha, <laughs> if you call Moisha he, has so many play, he has so many connections because they donate so much money to whoever is running for political office. Yes. He was, when he came back, the guy was walking out the door. Because he made that phone call, that guy made a phone call, and he called whoever at the precinct, and the pre- whoever was there said, let him go. He runs that company, Jew Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get you out of your taxes. You call him. <laughs> you don't even have to pay. Don't worry about it. You got religious status. <laughs> You're not going to drag me into a conversation where I make fun of the gays or the Jews. Yeah. I'm in the entertainment business. Yeah, no, that's, you know what I mean? yeah. that's our job. No, well, Pete, no. I, Pete, I was thinking, like, anyone from our, when we grew up, we're not. there's no one yeah. no gay when we grew up, right? Never. No, no, nobody. <laughs> It's like I feel like that's all I deal with now. It's like my whole life now. But I don't. I don't think we even had a single friend back then. In well, because you, 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 you grew yeah. up in. No, we had some Jewish friends, but no gay. You grew oh. up in Guido Central. That's why. Yeah, but you figure many of them come out later. But right, all these years. You know, hey, oh, well, that guy that's over not there. Out anybody. That that's guy not, over there. He's a fanook. Leave him alone. You know. <laughs> I guess I guess that behavior can be beat out of you as a as a yeah, kid. But yeah, yeah, but no, but you, you, I, I'm sure it happened. Yeah. Imagine like it you was know, a very impressive place. You're, you're, you're a mafia guy, and you see yeah. your kid. You're walking your kid. Your, your little kid's got a fucking dress and high heels on. What are you gonna do? You're yeah. gonna, you're beat, gonna the beat the shit snot out, out of him. Absolutely. Yeah. Beat and I'm the sure it's happened. You know, it's weird because I've seen um, a friend of mine's kid, and he was about three or four years old, and he would take his little his younger sister's clothes and wear them, wear his mother's high heels, and it was like. At that young age, he really wanted. He thought he should be a girl, and now he's like, now she's twelve years old. It's she long hair, and they legally changed uh, Jim to Kim, and it, it's legal. And uh, he he gets to use he gets to use the girls' bathroom at school and everything. And but I do believe that sometimes people are born in the wrong body. Hundred percent. You know, and any any person like that will tell you that they knew when they were like as soon as they were conscious of what they were, like three, four years old, they knew. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that, but that's why that's why I find it strange that. That we've had no experience. Maybe like I just that I think it, well. Our years you, you knew, but high like, and stuff. Really? Yeah. You always knew the gay kid. In <laughs> high you went to an old boy high school. school we too. went to an old boys <laughs> high school too, so plenty of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I. Uh, what happens in prison? Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So somebody's been to jail. Yeah, we'll, make it, we'll, make, we'll make an exception. <laughs> well, well, we always have that that one ongoing debate with me and my friend. Like, you see the porno movies where, like, you know, the girl's got two dicks in her mouth and the, the, the guy's dicks are touching. And I'm like, that's game. My buddy's like, no, it's not. I'm like, <gasps> what did you do? <laughs> just the tip. Just the tip. Yeah, just the tip. All right, guys, it's been about an hour. 
We're going to start wrapping it up. Today was a lot of fun. Uh, Richard, why don't you go ahead and you plug away. Tell people how they can get in, in, in touch with you. And you need tax. you got to get your tax. It's tax time. This guy will totally make you look like a rock star with the IRS. Yeah, you can just look us up on, on social media, Richard Prinzi, uh, F-Sharp Tax Management. We work under a lot of different What's, brands. How do you spell Prinzi? P-R-I-N-Z-I. Okay. And then we got Monique with Radio Gunk. Go ahead. RadioGunk.com backslash forums. Uh, come and chat with us anytime you want about everything that is Howard. And um, you can find me on Twitter at Radio Gunk, YouTube at Radio Gunk, Spotify, all of them, exact same name. So come check out our podcast. Yeah, you, you can look me up. I think we have the you, there's some things on the YouTube channel, the uh, Shock uh, aftershock XL. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 deal- I'm, I'm dealing. I'm no. I'm dealing wow. with like heartburn right now. I just had to like the worst you... acid reflux. Like uh, just totally stopped me from talking. So uh, yeah, aftershock XL is on uh, YouTube. You can look us up there. Find some pictures. I think the MC Search interview is up there, which is I love that I'm friends with MC Search now. You got anything to plug, buddy? No, you good. You all good? Uh, we got a couple of sponsors that I want to mention. Versteiner beer. We love Versteiner beer. I've been, uh, you know, we were supposed he was supposed to come up today and something happened and drop off some beer to drink. But their Pilsner is six point two percent alcohol. It is absolutely smooth. It's like you're drinking a Coors Light and you get a nice buzz before you even know it. Versteiner beer is everywhere. You can find them in your local deli. If they don't have it, you let me know. I'll tell them they'll have it as soon as possible. And then we got the DCL group. My friend James and his lawyers are pit bulls. They will get your money back if someone owes you money. You call the DCL firm. I did it again. Sorry, James. He's going to kill me. The DCL firm, they have front of the house, back of the house, anything you need as far as lawyer's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to give me copy because I really want to do his, uh, I want to do his, uh, his place, the DCL firm, justice because uh, they, they deserve it and they're really good. They, they are pit bulls and they will go out and get what you need to get back. And um, we got Richard Prinzi here and uh, he's, he's uh B sharp firm. F sharp. F sharp. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, the, the B sharps. Uh, I said that's how, that's how I got to remember it. The B sharps, and then I say B sharp. So uh, that, that's it. We, I want to thank Pro Media for everything they've done. Their wonderful professional studio here with all their staff in the back. They are 100% professional. You need to do a podcast. You want to get on and do the same thing I'm doing. You can do it right here at Pro Media in the heart of Times Square. Woo. And I want to thank my executive producer. Everybody say it with me, Bobby Zoo. <laughs> uh, Bobby is now officially my executive producer. We've uh, we've, we've uh, inked everything. Bobby is That'll now. That'll be a lot funnier on YouTube. Mazel. Yeah, <laughs> just see this. So uh, me and Bobby are officially a team. Bobby's going to be doing all my creative uh, stuff. Bobby, is there anything new that you're working on that people that can expect? <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was cameras. Well, Steve. Oh, <laughs> Bobby, you know, people don't know. Yeah, you're going to see him on camera venturing things. Bobby's about six foot seven. And he's a very big dude. Go ahead. Yes. Well, Steve, we have the upcoming live show. Yes. Which we should start filming in the next 10 days. Yeah, it would be very exciting. And then, you know, there's going to be a website and all this other fun stuff that you can go do for after Aftershock. And I want to thank Bobby, everybody here at Pro Media, everybody here that's at the table. Thank you very much. Great show, everybody. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve.